The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Money in Your Life, the radio program that gives you the insight and motivation to be more successful with all aspects of your personal finances. Your hosts are Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. Today's program will feature experts and intriguing ideas that will show you how money is actually operating in your life. Now, here are Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. Welcome to Money in Your Life, a weekly show about the influence of money in your life. I'm Ann Hutchins. And I'm Brian Farr. You know, today is a milestone for us on Money in Your Life. Brian and I have decided to take a hiatus from the radio for a few months, but before we do, we want to spend the next hour talking and return to the topic of couples and money. In our 26 episodes, we've had eight that have focused specifically on couples and money. And Brian, this is a particular area of expertise for you. Are there themes that you have pulled out of our conversation from your practice or with your with our guests that are particular to couples, which contribute to the success or difficulty around the topic of money? Yes, yes, indeed. I uh, I have seen. I'm going to say that there's three particular thing themes that come up again and again with couples. The first two you've just mentioned: communication between the two individuals, and clarity around values. The third theme for effective financial partnerships is clarity around the information and data that's being discussed in the conversation. When people, when couples become skillful with those three, their financial conversations can flourish. So communication and clarity around values, those are pretty clear. But can you say more about system, uh, creating a system that captures data? Sure, sure. It, it came to light for me. In my work, I, I sit down in my office with couples quite frequently, and something is not working. Something is uh, either it's credit card debt or it's a, a dream to, to take a vacation or to pay for the college educations of the kids or something like that, and they're not making forward progress. So from that, I'll start asking questions in Almost inevitably, what comes out is that they don't have a clear picture of where they're at right now. Mm. They, do, they don't have a, a real sense of this is how much money it costs to run our household in an average month. And this is how much we bring in in an average month. That When that's fuzzy or when that's gray, it's really hard to make forward commitments. You, you just you know, don't know. You don't know how much money is going to be left over at the end of the month. Yeah, what you're talking about is really important, and and the way that I talk about it with my clients is standing in the facts. Yeah. You know, so what what I hear is you're you're suggesting that clients create a system that they share mm-hmm. to capture the expenses that they share and then decide after that where Mm -hmm. things go. But Mm -hmm. it's a really effective way to do it because when, because money can be such an emotional topic, you know, Maggie Baker cited a study by Ohio state that was done in 2003, but I would, I would venture to say that it still holds true that money is the number one or number two most argued about topic in a marriage. Yep. Yep. So when you can put data around it and facts, you start there. You know, there's inevitably going to be some free-floating anxiety around a conversation with money Mm -hmm. because there's uncertainty. But whatever we can do to reduce the free-floating anxiety, when we can put numbers on paper – that lessens the amount of uncertainty. Yeah. And so yeah. then then there's less of that emotionality. When when I work when I work with couples if they're new to this a lot of people 
they've had the best intentions for a while, but they just haven't gotten started. And I've got on my website, I've got what I call a snapshot. And it's just a simple one page, expenses on one side, income on the other. On the middle of the backside, it's income minus expenses. Yeah. And I encourage people to do that with pencil and paper to get started so that they can really get their fingerprints on what's going on. Um, it turns out that, you know, that's that's a starting place. That's not the good tool to use f- f- as you go forward, you know, Quicken or there are other ways to track money. But in the beginning, I've been interested that, that for that first two months or so, two or three months, if they track it with pencil and paper, they get intimate with these numbers. Yeah, and it's, you know, all all of our conversation has been about starting with baby steps. Yeah. So don't immediately go to a QuickBooks or some software program that you need to learn first. Just if you're not comfortable on an Excel spreadsheet, just put a pen and paper together and yep. pull out your pull out your bills or get them off the off the internet. So starting with a snapshot and then and then what I recommend after you're clear on where you are with the facts, what I recommend to people is that we work through their money story. What is the story for money that they are bringing into the relationship so that they begin to see how they might rewrite a story as a couple? Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. a tool you use? Very much. And and it came up, uh, a a few of our guests have talked about that over the last last six months, that there is a... um, what our experiences with money, it, it, it's so common that some of it becomes invisible and we just take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that what you're suggesting and, and, and what our various guests have suggested is to take the time as a couple and get curious about the other person's story. What is it that's going on? Where? What's your money? What was money like in the household that you grew up in? Yeah. Yeah. And it it's can be a, real it's simple. A, Well, it can be simple and it can also be so interesting to share your story with your partner without suspending any kind of judgment, just really being curious and seeing what it reveals and and how they resonate with it or had a different experience with it and and what... um, what you find that may be getting in your way mm-hmm. of having of having a different story about mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, and in terms of specific technique, sometimes it's good to not try to do both stories in the same day. Right. Very good. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it was Lachelle Chardet that, that gave that specific suggestion was the um, to to just whether it's a Saturday you're gonna do one and then a Sunday the other. So so that one person just has is invited to open up and talk about their memories around money. The first questions that I always like to ask are what did you do with your allowance when you first started to have some money that was your own? Mm. Um, that's, that's a good question. And then what did you do when you first started earning money? Some people could do anything they wanted. Other people had to bring it home and pay for groceries with it. And that's a yeah. big difference. Yeah. And then you, you expand that conversation to what was the family conversation about money? I think it was Kate that talked about a young couple that she had or a, a young client that she had who remembered the conversation with her parents when they had to downsize and yes. how empowering that was for her to be a part of the solution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. and how she used those, how she used the habits that she developed young, even into her into her adult life and was able to be completely open about money. Mm-hmm. And we've also had other, I think it was Maggie who told us about another client of hers for whom the money conversation had always been difficult. Mm-hmm. And that it, it just caused a, not just, it caused a very big stress even as her client got older and had quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The things can get um, set early on 
I'll, I'll relate one story with uh, with somebody that I worked with who, after we'd been working together for about six months, came to realize that on Fridays, she was a bit more anxious. And she pieced together that in her childhood, mom and dad usually had arguments on Friday when he brought money home from the factory. Mm. Mm. And it was that deep for her. It had been unconscious. It was just, it was a tense time around the house when she was a little girl. And her cell structure remembered yeah. that. Yeah. So can can you imagine that if 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 you're working with a couple or if, if I'm, as I speak right now, if a couple is listening, there might be particular times that are hot button times. And when we can unpack some of that stuff and go, oh, this is this isn't about the content that you and I are discussing right now. I've got something else going on. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's enormously freeing for the partnership. When the two individuals can take ownership of the stuff, you know, that sticky stuff that they bring with them. Yeah. And, you know, consistently, Brian, what we have heard from our guests and in both of our practices is that this practice of the bunny story doesn't doesn't you can use whether you grew up with a lot of money or not much money. Mm -hmm. And in some case, uh, an abundance creates even more reluctance to share your story mm-hmm. and yeah. to share what you don't know about money or what you what you are wondering about in terms of practical practical tools around mm-hmm. money so this is yep. really across the any anybody can use this money story tool and anybody can use the snapshot mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Both of those, yeah. You no, know, I, I I go back to this isn't um, this isn't part of couples and money, but we we recently had a, a guest who talked about attitude and ownership. You know, so ownership. This begins to give you ownership of where you are, and to let you shift if you, if that's what's needed. You may have a perfectly healthy relationship with money, but recognizing that. You're part of a couple, part of a new system, and being curious about what your partner's story is and being able to respect differences, even if you don't agree with them, is really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. Yep. To, yep. to open that up. So that's, that's the individual piece. So we've talked about some of the things there. I also think that there's a part in this that when two people come together, whether it's a first marriage for people in their 20s or 30s, um, or it could be later than that, but 20s and 30s are more typical, or a second marriage, and sometimes even more so for second marriages because we carry baggage from our first marriages, is that what what's the vision for this new couple or the the couple that's that's trying to improve their conversation around finances? How good do they want it to be? What, yeah. what would they really like? And I don't mean about winning the lottery and living in a big house on a hill or whatever the dream might be. I mean about the way that these two individuals work with each other. Right, exactly. It's about the the feeling around the conversation. Do you want to shift what may have been a difficult conversation for you in the past to something that is just as normal as talking about the weather? Yes, yes. To be able yeah. to be a, a, maybe you want a collaborative relationship. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you do want to let your spouse handle the, the finances. But uh, so set that up mm-hmm. in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that that both the money story, the money history, um, provides a foundation and a snapshot, a clearer understanding of what the household expenses are. Um, when you have those two things in place, then it opens up, it almost invites a conversation around, okay, so this is where we're at now. What would we like to have in the future? Yeah, the other thing that I would add to that is recognizing what that there are different types around money, money types. Some people are free spenders, some people are savers, some people are hoarders. And those may not be the the words that you want to use around it. I like to think of them as animals, actually, of 
yeah, animals in, in a very positive way. Say maybe I'm a maybe I'm a sloth around money, but I'd like to be a unicorn. <laughs> you know, so I that you this. begin to yeah, begin to so that takes away a judgment, but it also is sort of it brings a fun element to Hey, we're you know we're we're you're a sloth and I'm not. Maybe I'm a lion, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. But now together, what are we? What is our pairing? What are we creating? Right. And how right. can we complement each other? Yeah. Or how can I respect your your uh, type? You know, if you don't care about money, you're not likely to care about the conversation. And if you're married or or in a relationship with somebody who cares about it and wants to talk about what the market is doing and and what your portfolio is doing, that's you need you both need to respect each other and there's and find a common ground that avoids frustration. Mm -hmm. And I like your idea about like naming an animal, naming these states, because then it's like less, a little less personal, and it's like, oh, I've got my sloth out again here. I don't want to do anything with the money. Let's let's see if we can do something different. Exactly and we can right. Play around with it. Yeah, you know, it's a lot different than calling somebody a hoarder. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we want it. We want to be able to play with it and keep it flexible. So we need to take a break. Um, this is our last show, so I'm not going to invite you to be calling in and uh, emailing. I would invite you to go back and look at our previous shows, but we can tell you more about that in a few minutes when we come to the end of the program. But for now, we're going to pause. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Brian Farr and with my co-host, Ann Hutchins, and you have money in your life. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word TALK RADIO to 96362. Do you have financial goals for yourself? Do you want to be smart with money in all areas of your life? If you're ready to become more effective with your personal finances, then you might be ready to hire a financial coach. Since 2002, Brian Farr has helped hundreds of people improve their relationship with money. He's unbiased, honest, and approachable. If you'd like to learn more about financial coaching, visit Brian's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.brianhfarr.com. The goal of financial coaching is to open up the conversation around money with your spouse, your children, or your extended family. Anne Hutchins works with individuals, families, and financial professionals to improve relationships with money. Her work with clients is confidential, honest, and fun. Visit Anne's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.abhutchins.com. That's abhutchins.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio. You're listening to Money in Your Life with Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I'm Ann Hutchins with my co-host, Brian Farr. And today we're talking about couples and money. And Brian, at the beginning, we identified three different themes that we have each run across in, or that we've identified through our show and through your practice with uh, couples, starting with communication, then a system that captures a snapshot of a couple's finances. And now let's talk a little bit more around clarity, around values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is the one that... um, 
it, it, this is one of the greatest things that I've learned from the 26 programs that we've done is how often the importance of values came up and in the number of different directions it came up from. The, That's the, right. The, the different guests we talked to, it would over and over again settle back down to what's really important, what's yeah. going on here. And uh, so for me, I think the key things in, in working with couples is to allow each of the individuals to communicate about their values. So you've got the two different values. And then over time, it won't be an instant thing, but over time, there will be a partnership, a set of values that the partners come to understand as their shared values. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have to be identical. Obviously, there needs to, you know, there, there's going to want to be some some clear overlap uh, between the two individuals. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like it's something that, that gets overlooked when we get caught up in the rush to solutions or the concerns about paying bills, those kinds of things. And it, it it's definitely worthwhile for people to step back. Maybe it's a walk on the beach. Maybe it's just a cup of coffee down at Starbucks on a Saturday morning where you can just have that conversation about what's really important. That's, you know, the, the, I'm reminded over and over again of the phrase that Kiva Leatherman used, which is the come from has to shift. Too often, we, I have clients, and we've talked about this, where they are serving their money, their money's not serving their values. And that shift is what we look for so that you're making decisions, you're bombarded on a daily basis by thousands of messages about this product or that service or something that will give you this or that result. Mm -hmm. And if you are not clear on what your personal values are, how you stand in the world and where, what your, what is important to you, you will get buffeted by those messages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering the phrase that come from, and when Kiva talked about that, it sounds like it was something that really struck you. It did. It was the, because the come from was you come from a place of your values. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't come from a place of what some advertising executive is creating as a need for you. Okay. So when when you say the come from has to shift, it shifts from an externally defined to an internally personally defined. Exactly right. Okay. Okay. So that where you're coming from, the the ground you're standing on in terms of these values, it really needs to be personal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be personal and you bring your values to a relationship. You're attracted to somebody because presumably of their values and you have shared values. And my observation is that those are not articulated enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do we share? What's our what for? What do we want to communicate? If we have a family, what do we want to communicate to to our kids or what do we want to communicate to our friends Mm -hmm. how do we want to be in the community those are the values Mm -hmm. you know um so as i hear you describe this i'm a hundred percent in agreement and i can remember too many conversations with clients where they would sit in my office and agree with what we're saying and then when they came back two weeks later they would say you know we got too busy we didn't have that conversation yeah. So it's, it's really a challenge to, to carve out enough time to have this type of a values exploration and a values clarification. Yeah, I have to say I have, I'm going to push back on that. And I okay. do with my clients as well, because a lot the the perception is that this has to be a big and ponderous conversation. Yeah. But if you observe each other, if you say your clients walked out of your office and said, okay, for the next week, why don't we see how we spend our time? Mm -hmm. Just kind of track it. Just track our time. How are we spending our time? And uh, if I'm spending 90% of my time at work, is that really my highest value? Mm -hmm. And it may be. 
and your spouse or partner may be spending 90% of his or her time with the kids. And that may be the highest value. But it may also be that some personal time is wanted, some time with your friends is wanted, some time uh, pursuing some other uh, activity mm-hmm. is wanted. So you, so you can't, it's just like the snapshot of where you are with your money. You right. can't, you can't identify values from a start, just from a jump start. If you've not had that conversation before, you have to figure out where you are are and how you're spending your time and if you're spending your time in things that are of high value to you that's how you begin to get to the conversation of what are our values if one of your high values is travel if you talk about and think about and love travel but you're doing it five percent of your time Mm -hmm. then that's a shift you want to make Yeah, and I think you're really right that the place to to get underneath the values is taking a look at how you're spending your time, mm. because the, then then it's gonna it, it, then it becomes black and white that that oh I'm spending this much time and it's not really that important to me. Let me make some changes, and no. it's actually it it's less of a judgment then. It's more of an exploration. That's right. That's exactly right. Over and over and over again, I see clients who are just harried and they are, they are, they don't have enough time and they are working. And when you put down how you're spending your time and look at it, the pie chart can be a real shock to people. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm spending, I am spending a whole lot of time driving my kids back and forth and to events and I don't think they even really want to be there is it important to me that they're there is it important to the the am i playing comparonomics is it important to everybody else in the community that they're there i mean really looking behind that so so it can happen in an observation i guess my main message is it can happen in a in an observable way in small doses it doesn't you don't have to wait for a four-hour chunk of time to have a discussion about values. You're living your values every day. And if they're not the values that that you want, then you get to choose to change that. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. And I like what you're saying about how simple you can get at this, how, mm. how people can uncover the values. Mm. Okay. Simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> no, it's not easy. But but when it's simple, when it doesn't require a, a consultant and it doesn't require a spreadsheet, then there's a much better chance that it's gonna it's gonna happen. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So shall we go back to our list? We're talking about the three themes that we have found to be particularly important in working with couples, or that couples for for themselves, and that's communication between each of the individuals, values, clarity around the values. And then the clarity around the actual information. Yeah, we're kind of weaving back and forth between these three, but those are the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, one one of the things that we haven't talked about, but has come up several times with guests and and also in our work, is including in that system that captures the data mm-hmm. a structure to discuss the data. So uh, the and this is on an ongoing basis, not just the snapshot. And all of that just probably sounded really weighty, and everybody may be thinking, "Oh my goodness, that sounds really hard." <laughs> but what I'm talking about is setting up a regular time when you talk about your project. If it's getting a, getting arms around your budget, whether it's what have you learned about the values that you're living, whatever it is, if you set up a regular time, you really do set up yourself, set yourself up for success. We had one guest who called in, we had one listener who called in and uh, said that as soon as she and her husband set up a regular meeting 
family meeting time to talk about their finances, a whole lot of stress and pressure went out. She said it used to be that I would that I would ask him when he was brushing his teeth in the morning, <laughs> and that inevitably led to uh, right. you know ignoring my question or an argument later on or something. So mm-hmm. take the pressure off and mm-hmm. set up a time on yep. a regular basis. One of my colleagues calls it a money huddle. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that what he was trying to do was to to draw the men into the conversation in terms of using like the idea of a football huddle. Uh-huh. That you just let's just put our heads together and we're going to figure out what's happening right now and where we're going to go and then it's break. Let's go. Um, and and so I think that 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 kind of a, a consistent weekly, particularly in the first months of of doing this kind of work. Uh, you know, creating a more effective financial partnership for the first months to meet once a week for 15 minutes. You know, yeah. that, that will have a magical effect for most couples. Yeah. And create some fun around it. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. this, we have weighed this conversation and this whole subject down so that nobody wants to really talk about money. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. have something fun around it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's 15 minutes, you set aside 15 minutes and then you decide that you're going to order pizza or mm-hmm. cook a special, try a new recipe together or mm-hmm. just create or try a new wine together. Create something fun that is a reward that maybe you continue the conversation as you're talking about the recipe that you're creating or waiting for the pizza delivery or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a real key part. So because because this comes back to the money stories, unfortunately, most of us have had some uncomfortable experiences with money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it gets spread around pretty equally that everybody's had some uncomfortable stuff around money. So to layer back in the fun things, the positive things, and and make it um, get more towards the emotional neutral is is going to make it easier to show up for these conversations again and again. Yeah, and at the same time, be curious about the the discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, be mm-hmm. really curious about whether there's a trigger for that discomfort. As mm-hmm. you know, as you said, Brian, is it a Friday? Is it a Friday afternoon that you start right. feeling something mm-hmm. funny? Is it a Monday, Sunday night when you're preparing for work? Really, be curious about what that what triggers. The feeling I had a client for whom the trigger was going out to the mailbox to get the bills. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because she was never sure what was going to be there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So. Yep, yep, that kind of uncertainty. You know, and we've got about three minutes till break here, but I wanted to add one thing that this is such a simple part of the equation, but I believe a little awareness around both the time of these meetings, the money huddle, and the location mm. really goes a long ways Good towards point. having success. Yep. Um, when somebody's just come in from work or uh, brushing their teeth, like you say, or if the kids are hungry and you're just trying to get food on the table, none of those are good times to bring up a, a conversation around finances that needs some real exploration. And on the flip side of it is, is what are some times when, you know, maybe uh, tell the kids that they're going to, uh, you know, just be quiet here for 30 minutes. Mom and dad are doing such and such. Um, and, and that, that the kids, you know, the little, the little munchkins, they won't fall apart not having your attention for 15 minutes. And I think that that's a hard thing for some people to do. Um, but it's really important to carve out time on the calendar and a location that will support a conversation that might be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, time, location, and lack of distraction. So whether yeah. it's kids or if you don't have kids, put the put the electronics down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't answer the phone. Don't answer the text. Those kinds of things are really important to set up for. You want you want to be successful in this. Yes. Yeah. And you want to make it easy, and you want to take the stress factor down. Mm-hmm. That's all of those are the ingredients. And, and it's, I've had people come back to me after they get some of those things in place. And I'll, I'll never forget the one couple, I think it was the fifth session. So it was probably two or three months in. And they said, you know, we haven't had a fight since our first, first uh, session with you, Brian. And it's not that Brian's a magis- magician. It's that they 
put some systems in place that protected the conversations they were having around money. And then they were making progress and they felt better about it. And so then they, it was just, it was like a positive snowball for them once yeah. they got the beginning pieces in place. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, we, we need to take a break now, but I, I want to follow up on that. Okay, good. All right, very good. So I'm Brian Farr. My co-host is Ann Hutchins, and you have money in your life. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 96362. The goal of financial coaching is to open up the conversation around money with your spouse, your children, or your extended family. Anne Hutchins works with individuals, families, and financial professionals to improve relationships with money. Her work with clients is confidential, honest, and fun. Visit Anne's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.abhutchins.com. That's abhutchins.com. Do you have financial goals for yourself? Do you want to be smart with money in all areas of your life? If you're ready to become more effective with your personal finances, then you might be ready to hire a financial coach. Since 2002, Brian Farr has helped hundreds of people improve their relationship with money. He's unbiased, honest, and approachable. If you'd like to learn more about financial coaching, visit Brian's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.brianhbar.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Money in Your Life with Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I'm Brian Farr with my co-host, Ann Hutchins. And today, we're talking about couples and money. Ann, we've covered some of the basics. We've laid the foundation. And now, what can happen for a couple when they get some of this effectiveness uh, up and running? Well, Brian, you know, before the break, one of the things that we were talking about, what you said so well, and I'll paraphrase, is that the clients are resourceful. When clients know where they are and they have set up a system, and we'll call it system, but they've set up a practice where they're meeting, maybe it's once a quarter, maybe it's once a month, maybe it's once a week. It's It depends on what works for you. Now there is the opportunity to stand on that foundation as you're having interactions with financial professionals. I think yep. what both of, us, both, both of us have seen a lot and what we've talked with several of our guests about is this tendency to give over responsibility to so-called experts, whether it's your financial advisor, whether it's your CPA, whether mm-hmm. it's your estate attorney. And the really important thing is that as an individual or as a couple and or as a couple, you show up as a collaborator with mm-hmm. those people because they're not living in your life. They know what they see on a gen- on a broad basis, and they are area experts. But if you are uncomfortable with a particular strategy that is recommended, for example, by a financial advisor, if it's not letting you sleep easily at night, right? Then let them know that 
even if they tell you that your returns will be lower. If you the the trade-off of you being able to sleep and having slightly re- lower returns is pretty big. Those are the kinds of choices that you make, but that comes from where you and your spouse or a significant other are. Yep. And I think that that there's a piece in here building upon what we've been talking about in the program is that when a couple is clear on their values, when they have an established communication between themselves, then they can go out and interface with these financial professionals. And the financial professional is going to recognize, oh, this is a unit. They're clear on what they want to do. And it makes the financial professional they have the opportunity to be much more effective because it, it's it's clear. It's not all murky. Yeah, and too often the financial professional is asked to be a go-between or a oh, mediator yeah. between in, in a couple where there is a not where – a, where there's an unclear goal or conversation around money. Yeah. I know that one only too well. And when I was a, I was a partner in an investment management firm, and that was part of what led me on to go get my master's in counseling was that I could see it, I could feel it in the room, mm. that that they they needed help, um, but it wasn't it wasn't my job as a financial advisor to give that help. And thank God I stayed out of it at those times. But I do think that that you're correct that that. If the couple don't get this sorted out, they're really at a disadvantage when it comes to working with financial professionals. Yeah, and you know, increasingly, as there have been more women in the workplace and more women are being either the main breadwinner or they will be the main inheritor of significant assets over the next decade or so, mm-hmm. the advisors are having different conversations. I mean, study after study has shown, and this is not a diss on men or women, it's just, it, it, it is a way that has been studied and, and shown that when when men think about, about money and things, it's a relatively linear thought. Mm-hmm. When women think about money, they think about them in terms, they think about money in terms of systems. They think about a college, uh, paying for a college education or putting their child in some kind of uh, sport or summer camp or there's a, there's a broader system impact mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. that goes on when women are making the decision about money and, and financial advisors are beginning to both recognize and celebrate that. And yep. and this is really it starts with a conversation between the couple, mm-hmm. and yeah. to recognize that, and then goes on to the financial advisor. And what I've seen too often is that, especially if the the woman is not the breadwinner, even if she brings significant assets to a relationship, the advisor speaks to the male if it's a male advisor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaks yeah. to the male and, and even a lot of times with female advisors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's comes back to that, the disadvantage that a couple has if they haven't done the work of, of establishing clarity between themselves. Then they're at a disadvantage when they sit down with a professional that they'll just get caught up in the culture that that professional is working out of. That's real. That's that's a really great way to say it because it's not a, it's not an a um, a judgment. No, it is a culture, and yeah. this is what the main point of this is. So, so what we're talking about is you know you use your your relationship as a little bit of an incubator to try this out, and then you get and you get clear about where you are in terms of your money stories and your money types and your values. Mm-hmm. And then you take that that little petri dish into the work with your, say, financial advisor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and then it it begins to expand out. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that that's definitely one of the, one of the benefits in in doing this work is that uh, it, it it's it, it all that will just as I I'm going to repeat myself, but it just it ripples out, it does it ripples out into all the places where we're communicating around finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and let me add, so we've been talking, and the purpose of the sh- today's show was to focus on couples, but it begins with individuals getting clear about what their own values are and what their relationship with money is. And so if somebody is listening to this program and they're not in, in a partnership at this time, um, I can speak from my own experience that that I knew it in my early 40s that I wanted to be in a relationship again and that by getting clear on my finances, I would become a more effective partner. And sure enough, when when that when I was blessed with that, and then we started the conversation. My wife now, you know, she kidded me at the time. She's like, "Oh my God, we're going to have money conversations right at the front end." And I said, "Yes, because it's going to be part of our life all the way along. So let's get let's get in the practice of it." That's exactly and, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So people people can benefit from this, whether in partnership at this time or looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're clear on it, you bring you bring to the partnership or to any interaction that you have. I would I would venture to say that if you are clear on your relationship with money, you bring to any conversation you have a clarity and a relief for the other side mm-hmm. when and if the conversation comes to money. Yep. You know, and Anne, I'm I'm thinking back to a show we did. Uh, it's a it's a body of knowledge called immunity to change. Yeah. And the idea is that immunity to change means that it's difficult to make changes. Uh, and so we, it's almost like we've built up a, a, a system within our bodies that makes it difficult to, to create changes. And I think that one of the key pieces that comes out of that body of work is their guidance to use small experiments. Yeah. Devise small experiments to test our assumptions and to open up new possibilities. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that this kind of thing for an individual um, in partnership or out of partnership, and certainly with with partners, that to to take baby steps, to yeah. do small experiments, to say, okay, this is something that we think is important to us. We're not yet sure how to make it happen. What can we do that's a little experiment getting us going in that direction? Yeah. Have you seen? Yeah, I have seen that. And it's so important what you say about first taking baby steps and second building in reflection and evaluation time. Yeah. Because it doesn't have to – it's not set in stone. If you're trying something and it is uncomfortable for both of you, have a conversation and be really transparent and and clear that this is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And if it's uncomfortable because it's like getting a new pair of shoes and you have to throw away the ones that worked, then stay with it for just a little bit longer just mm-hmm. to to make sure that it's mm-hmm. just that discomfort of a new habit. Right. right. But if it continues to be uncomfortable, then try something else. Mhm. That's that's one that I over and over again I I coach people along that that continuum that it should be uncomfortable at the beginning because it's new. Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. if it doesn't feel uncomfortable, chances are it's just some version of what you've been doing before, and if that wasn't working before, you don't want to keep doing it. Well, you know, and, and our brain is such an amazingly efficient system. It yes. always wants to figure out how to do something simple. So if you've done something for 30, 60, 90 days, it's our, it, it just goes ahead and it does it. You know, you're not aware of the steps in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you try to change that, those first five, 10 days are going to be really hard. Yes. Yeah. You know? And the most important. Yeah, it's so important to hang in there. And then with couples, when when two people can make the commitment, and maybe on the fourth day, one partner is thinking this is nutty, it's too uncomfortable, we're not going to make it. But the other partner's like, no, let's hang in here. And then on the seventh day, they switch back. You know, it's like the the first one is now saying, oh, I'm on board, this is great. And the the one who was you know in favor on the fourth day, they're kind of like dragging their feet. So I think that there can be a synergy when two people get on board, and like you say, have a time for reflection. Then there can be a real uh, co-creative process. 
absolutely. to move, to make these changes. Yeah, co- co-creative and a joyful process. Yay, we made it across the finish line. Right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And celebrate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really? Absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of, a lot of, you know, there's reason to celebrate when the, when two people can get themselves into an alignment and be moving towards their goals and respecting each other and having fun. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's could be, it can get better than that. But if, if partnerships like that day in and day out, those are good partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, it's, it ripples out in ways that you can't even begin to imagine, but it is so worth it. I mean, this, again, we go back to this topic of money is the last taboo in our society. And there are not, there are not a lot of shoulds around it. But it, mm-hmm. And it is something that we deal with every single day, so why not make it enjoyable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. inevitability uh, of the presence of money in our life and the presence mm-hmm. of these decisions that need to be made and strategies that we need to work through. Since they're going to be there, we might as well get skillful at them, do it well, and have the enjoyment from it. Yeah, and the other thing that I think is really important just to mention is that don't take all the responsibility. There, there is the economy, and there are systems that you're operating in that that will change slowly, or maybe mm-hmm. they won't. But within those systems, you have choices, and mm-hmm. you have a responsibility, and you can you can make you can make choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that's uh, that's come up from a number of our guests that. That, that when there is an external environment, I mean the, um, uh, Brian O'Connor from Detroit, where there was an entire city, an entire automotive industry that had been sinking, and he realized that his household budget was within his control, and he and his wife and their child made decisions to live within a smaller amount of money each month, and it, it, it gave them a sense of empowerment and, and an ability to move forward, even though the larger environment was ha- facing very severe challenges. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, it is really hard to believe, but we are at the end of our hour and at the end of our 26 weeks. Yeah. I would like to personally thank all the really terrific guests who came on the show And I'd really like to thank all of you who've listened to us, either live or by podcast. I hope you've taken away some useful information along the way and that you will use it to do what Kiva Leatherman called shifting the come from Mm -hmm. and make whatever changes you want to make to have money serving you rather than having you serving money. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, I want to say many thanks to the wonderful guests who've appeared on our show as well as all the people who've called in, emailed, and listened to our program. And Anne, it has been a pleasure to work with you. Until our next program, I'm Brian Farr. And I'm Anne Hutchins. And let's keep this conversation going because you have money in your life. Thank you for making money in your life part of your financial plan this week. Please join your hosts, Ann Hutchins and Brian Farr, again next Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.